We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brian, it's that time of day where yes, we get to jump into the mailbag. Now, if you've got any questions, some people have been doing it already. Throw that MB in front of there. The little, uh, super chats. little mailbox yeah. uh, emoji is always nice so that we know that you've got a question. We'll try to hit as many as we can here. Uh, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop has a uh, – oh, I didn't oh, put my phone on I'd get mad at you if I hadn't done that as many times as I've done it. <laughs> So, that on, and of course, it's not yeah. even a number that I recognize, so that's cool. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Thank you so much for the super chat. Really appreciate it, Coach Mr. Vince. Who would be the first phone call phone call you guys would make if you were on the coaching staff at Notre Dame? Thanks well, for the practice info. It depends on what position I coach. That's true. I mean, I don't want Al Washington's first phone call to be to. Deuce Knight, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, yeah. and I don't want I don't want Gino Gadulli's first co- call to be to Jadon Blair or somebody like that or Noah McHale or something. I, you know, look if 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 I'm the quarterback's coach, obviously that's an easy one. If I'm a running back's coach, that's an easy one. If I'm a receiver's coach, my first call is to Taylor Taylor. If if I'm a if I'm a tight ends coach, my first call is to Nate Roberts, and my next call is to James Flanagan. I mean that's kind of what it is, right? It's it's you're calling your first, your top guys. If you're Joe sure. Rudolph, I'm. I mean, that's an interesting one because I'm I may actually, I may actually call Josh Petty first, actually, hmm. because of where the because they're already in such a great position with like Owen Strebig and no and Rowan Byrne and those kind of guys. I, I almost feel like I might want to call Josh Petty first, but you know maybe Maddie Augustine. You know maybe, maybe that's the guy you call first. If I'm if I'm a defensive end coach, I'm probably calling Christopher Burgess or Bryce Davis first. One of those two guys first is probably where I'm going with that one. You know, defensive tackle, I'm calling Davion Dixon first, and then you know probably Jarquez Carter next probably be my next call. Uh, linebacker, my first call probably be Noah McHale, uh, him or him or Anthony Saka. You know, here's what I do is I would have I would have Max Bullis first call be to Noah McHale. And I would have Al Golden's first call be to uh, Anthony Saka, probably, or or maybe Nathaniel Owusu. Now, nah, probably have Marcus Freeman's first call to be to Owusu Koromoa's brother. Um, you know, kind of go about it that way. Cornerback wise, I'm Dorian Brew. 
I mean, that's that's a big one. Dorian Brew, uh, Cree Thomas, Dallas Golden would probably be the first three guys that I would call. Uh, Mark Zachary would be getting an early call. Devin Williams would get a very early call for me. And then safety-wise, it's probably Ivan Taylor and Jadon Blair, probably my first two calls, and then Ethan Long right after that. So that would be that would be sort of my early priority list for first calls. But yeah, I also wouldn't highlight that either because you don't want other kids to get a little <laughs> upset that they weren't your first call. But uh, I'm just yeah, calling that, the recruiting that, office and asking for a call list. That's what that's I would right. do. That's like, right. Hey, who am I calling? I got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, another super chat from Raymond this time. Thank you so much, Raymond. Really appreciate it. Thanks, you guys, for all the hard work and the pride you put into this community. Kickoff is this month. I can't Bumped. believe it. Man. I know, right? It's August Cannot 1st, man. It. It's August 1st. Cannot believe it. Yeah, it's um, thank you for that, Raymond. And Raymond is a board member. And if you haven't signed up for the message board, you you should do so. We're, Vince, we're so there. close. Let me look at the number. As of right now, we are, I believe, about 10. 10 away. Let me see here real quick. We are about 13 away right now from getting to our goal. So remember, it was like 40 a week ago. Yeah, it was 20 we were, the last uh, time we talked yeah. on here. So, it's, so you yeah, know. and that's with me. So what happens is, is sometimes like there's issues where people's credit cards are, you know, expired. And and so then they're kind of oh, taken sure. off the, the register and then they've got to sign back up. And so there's always sort of this fluctuation. A little bit, but uh, I just updated that, and so yeah, we're very close. So if you haven't, if you've been thinking about making a leap, now's the perfect time to make that Darn leap. Right. Went on there yesterday. Told people, okay, we've allowed a lot of OT threads, off-topic threads all summer, but now the football camp's going. It's time to focus on football. So then, of course, yesterday I wanted to talk too about the big recruiting push that Notre Dame made this week, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my uh, my midweek rundown tomorrow, but. Uh, you know, the, what Chad Bowden and his staff did yesterday, too, kind of got a little bit overshadowed by yeah. the the Jerry Maguire thing and then the jersey release and it's then the Under Armour leak and all that other kind of stuff. But, man, what they did yesterday was amazing, like just really impressive. And, and the timing of it to me doesn't seem like a coincidence that it was with the 24 kids before the page turns to the 25 kids. It was very, very well, very, very well done. Yeah, no doubt. Another super chat from Charlie. Uh, Coach, all jokes. I thought when you said special guest, it was going to be Ryan. Congrats to this young man. You can see he's a future leader. Hashtag speed. 
Hashtag IB. I, if, it, I, if I was you, if I was in your shoes, and I teased a special guest, and it was literally just another member of our staff, I would be so pissed. Yeah, that's not special. That'd be it's like a, a guest or not even a guest. I don't know guest. what it's called for a for – a, like for a show like this it's not clickbait because there's not really like click on kind of thing but like false advertising i guess you know it's like maybe that would be kind of yeah that'd be a little lame i'm not that lame i'm not (laughs) that lame so yeah we'll 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 get to that but yeah i appreciate that and we we got some more questions here vince not a ton of questions in so far at least that i've starred so uh, all right if you want to get your questions get them in now Absolutely. Hey, guys, thank you so much for what you do. I love the fact that Notre Dame is recruiting North Carolina hard. Who from North Carolina is on their radar? Two games in North Carolina this year is huge in my view going to the Duke game here. Well, they got they have three total games in the Carolinas because they also play against South Carolina or in South Carolina against Clemson this year as well. So, yeah, they're going to be in the Carolinas a lot this year. Um, obviously, you know, a guy that Ryan and I are both incredibly high on that's from North Carolina is uh, is Jordan Young, who's a very talented player, could play receiver. I like him as a as a safety, to be honest with you. Uh, there's an offensive lineman, David Sanders, and Notre Dame likes. I don't think that he necessarily likes Notre Dame as much as they like him right now. He's a big-time top-10 national player. Uh, Bryce Davis is a defensive end. From North Carolina, that Notre Dame is uh, is trying to make a run at. He's talked to us about getting up for a, a visit this summer. Uh, see, see Isaiah Campbell. Campbell is, I believe, how how he says his name. But Isaiah Campbell is a big defensive end from North Carolina that's on Notre Dame's radar. Radar. They were recruiting Gus Ritchie, but actually during the show, he actually announced his commitment to North Carolina. See, so he's off the board, and I'm kind of okay with that. I, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of. Liked him, but I also wanted him to kind of wait. I didn't, he wasn't a guy I necessarily wanted to push for. He ends up going to North Carolina at this point in time. And then, like I said, uh, J-Dome, it, we talked about Jordan Young, but then a, a, another guy that I really only recently watched So uh, is Jadon Blair, the kid that visited this the weekend, Vince. 6'4 kid, f- smooth, fluid, tons of upside, very talented safety from North Carolina. I, I didn't. When I first watched him, I was like, I like this kid. Don't know that Notre Dame's going to really be a player. They absolutely made themselves a player for this kid with the visit this past weekend. Like, I don't think – it's kind of like the Micah Gilbert situation in 2024, Vince. I don't think Jadon really – I hope I'm saying – it's either Jadon or Jadon. I'm, I'm I'm not sure Jadon. We'll go with Jadon. I'm not sure that Jadon really understood how much of a fit he is in Notre Dame until he got here. And that happens sometimes in recruiting events. And I think that's what happened with Micah Gilbert. Sure. It's like, I think he liked Notre Dame, but there was just other schools he liked better, including Michigan. Michigan was his leader. But then he got here and he's like, yep, it's done. It's over. This is where I, this is where I fit. And that just happens with some kids. Not all. I mean, some kids, you got to convince them to be here. And that's okay, too, right? But some kids, they just show up and they're like, yep, this is it. This is the yeah. move. And I'm hoping that uh, that that Jadon had that same kind of feeling, in my opinion. So... Yeah, North Carolina is a very important state in Notre Dame 24, and it'll be that way again next year. Jason Smith, scale of 1 to 10, grade the defensive line class that would be with Dixon, Carter, Marks, Burgess. Would four be the number? Yeah, that would that class would concern me a little bit if that was the four-man D-line class because, to me, that's a lot of big interior guys in that class. I mean, Davion Dixon, six two and a half, three hundred. Uh, Jarquez Carter's a pure three technique. 
Uh, Marks is a guy that is probably a three technique. He's probably an inside guy. He's like 6'6", 265 right now. And and he's a good athlete for an interior guy, but he's not a guy that I want rushing off the edge. Chris Burgess could play edge, but he's a power guy. He's a power end that could also eventually grow inside, although I'd like to see him stay outside for now. But to me, I, I that that's four talented kids, Vince. And I'd be happy if any of those four committed another name, sure. but it's kind of like, I don't know that you can take all four of them. Yeah. The combination. Because there's yeah. just not a lot of positional flexibility there. Maybe if there was a fifth guy in the class and it was a pure edge rusher, I could live with it. Cause then you have Burgess on the, on the big end. And then you'd have that other guy as the number five, you know, kind of pass rusher type. And then you'd have your three in guys inside and then you could restock the interior for defensive line. I could live with that. But that would be missing. It'd be the same complaint I had about last year's class, Vince, but even more so because last year's class was like the 23 was the, the three big ends and and Armo Mukum and Bubakar and Brennan Vernon. But you're like, but one or two of those guys is probably going to develop it to an interior guy. Who's your edge rusher, right? And now it'd be even more so because, I mean, three of these guys are pretty much already inside guys at this point in time. So sure. count the group, but just don't love the positional fit of that group tyler evans with the super chat thank you very much tyler we're 25 days away from kickoff how excited are you for this upcoming season and is this the one of the most exciting seasons from past seasons vince i want to i want you to answer this one first sure because i've been asked this question a lot lately and i want to see if i'm the only one or not but i want to hear your answer to this so vince as far as like when you look at the season sure you're excited i mean you and i are always excited for the season to start right But just like if you were to say rank it uh, excitement level, and then I want you to tell us what your excitement is based on. Is it just about the this team? Is it about just football being back? Or is it about something? Sp- I, just be curious kind of why you have that excitement level or not. I mean, the answer could be that you're not as fired up about it. So I would like to see you answer this one first. Well, I am excited about this season. There's no doubt about that. And I think one of the main reasons – well, there's there's many reasons. Um, I think the main reason is you and I have talked in, over the years that we've known each other, that we've worked together, that we've done shows together, that we've just had private conversations together. Uh, we've talked about the fact that Notre Dame just it just feels like they're a quarterback away. They're they're a championship level quarterback away from being a championship level team. They've had the parts and the pieces at other positions in the past. Folks, I'm telling you that they've had talent. They've had athleticism. They've had speed. Now, I will say that it is deeper throughout this roster than it's ever been before. There's no doubt about that. They've got more depth than they've ever had before across the roster. But they've had the high-end guys. Like, those guys have existed. But they they had, they had didn't have the quarterback. They didn't. And they do this year. They have a quarterback that can take them places. They have a quarterback that is not afraid to make a defense pay for picking one or the other pass or run to stop. Notre Dame has been woefully one-dimensional in big games, which is why they haven't had a whole lot of success in big games. From what I've seen so far in the spring, and then obviously the few practices that we've seen in the fall and everything that we're getting from our sources, I just feel like this offense has the opportunity to be a championship level offense because they have a quarterback that can take them there. Now Mm -hmm. he's got tons of options. He's got tons of weapons. 
He's got, I think, a, a good offensive coordinator that's going to put him in a good position. I think he's got a good head coach that's going to allow all those things to take place. So those are all parts of it. But if I had to boil it down to one thing, it's that they have a quarterback that can take them there. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about it. They're going to be able to score. Yeah, and should that's be. Always, yeah. That's always been my worry going into games is scoring the football. Can you score against good quality defenses? Can you, you know, if your defense isn't having a great day, can the offense pick them up? That hasn't always been the case, you know, sometimes, but not on a regular basis. So that's what really excites me about this season. No doubt. I I had a buddy of mine ask me this and he said, um, how would you stack this, the excitement you have for this season up against past seasons? And I said, this is probably the most excited I've been since 2015, and I'm more excited about this season than I was that season for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, how a lot of Notre Dame fans feel about Al Golden is like how I felt about Brian Van Gorder. Like I, I have, I want Al Golden to do a better job, but the whole point is, and maybe we're partly at fault of this because we tend to be very critical of coaches in a way that we understand what we're saying, but maybe some people don't, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. So like they take it worse. Like we were very critical of job Al Golden did last year, rightfully so. But the standard was, did he coach championship caliber football? And the answer is no. But with some, that got turned into he sucked, right? And and it's not that he needs to do better. This defense is light years a, a ahead of where that team was in 2020, 2020, 2015. And and you talked about the the quarterback situation, Vince. Part of what made me excited about that twenty fifteen team is I thought Malik was going to be a really good sure. quarterback that year, and he was and on I the road to said, doing that. Yeah, and I caught a lot of flack for this at the time, but I said if Malik goes down, because the whole story then was if Malik goes down, you're in trouble. Sure. Because you had Deshaun Kaiser who had a terrible spring game, and then Brandon Wimbush was a true freshman, and I said they'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, I, I'm not as confident in the backup this year as I was then because the better player this year is the freshman, in my opinion. But yeah, the quarterback part is exciting, but Sam Hartman is light years ahead of where Malik Zaire, Zaire was from a a passing standpoint and a standpoint of just experience. I mean, Malik had one start under his belt going into the 2015 season. That was in the bowl game where he threw for less than 100 yards. But it's just about the leadership. But you you knew there was talent at receiver. There was talent at running back. There was a talented offensive line. You had talent on defense, even though I didn't trust the coaching even then. where I just I trust the coaching more on this football team just because of the defensive side of the ball. I think the quarterback is impactful, but it's just this team is really talented. And I just – I feel this team is really talented. And I'm going to be proven right or wrong. We'll sure. find out, right? But I just – I look at this team and it's not perfect. They do not have the best roster in college football, right? They're going to have to play above their, you know, their, their, their kind of potential maybe in a couple areas and, and maybe be a little better than we thought in a couple others. And they're going to have to catch some breaks. They're not a team that's just going to go out there and steamroll like 2019 LSU. They're going to have to catch some breaks, but they're a team that if they catch some breaks can be a really, really good potentially championship caliber football team this year. But the other reason I'm excited too, Vince, is it's just about college football in general. Oh, I think this is going to be a fun year of college football. I just, I, because I don't see any dominant teams out there. There's I don't see a team that's year. just like way better than everybody else. And it's, it's partly because I think Georgia and Bama are going to be a little bit below what they've been in recent years. Still outstanding, right? It's just 
not as good as maybe the last two teams. You know, I think Clemson's going to be better. The, the, again, Ohio State's still going to be really good. Are they going to be as good as the last couple of years? We'll find out. Michigan's still going to be really good, but they haven't been great. But it's 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 just about more so, Vince. The rest of the leagues, the the bottom is getting better. The middle is rising up. You know, I look sure. at North Carolina and I'm like, you know, man, this team, this team's got a chance to be to be really really good. This team's got a chance to do some things, but also this has got a, a, a chance to be a really fun year of college football, just in general. And I look at like North Carolina, I was going to talk about North Carolina, and you look at them, you're like, man, their defense is just bad because you look at the numbers at the at the end of the year and they give up 30 points per game. And then you kind of break it down and you're like, you know, they were bad at times, but they also showed some potential. And if they can just get a little bit better, maybe they can make a run because their offense is going to be pretty good. You can talk yourself into North Carolina contending for the ACC title. I don't think they're going to do it, but that's why I included them as my sleeper team. Whereas two, three years ago, it's like it's Clemson and then there's nobody else that even should right. even be in this conversation. Right. Like it just is the league. So that league's getting better. The Big 12 is going to be competitive this year. The Pac-12 is the Pac-12 might be the deepest conference in college football from the standpoint of the number of teams that have a legitimate shot to win that conference. Not deepest as far as, you know, they got a bunch of teams that can win a title. It's not like the SEC West from several years ago. But just as far as when you look at just the conference by itself, forget national titles and playoff. Vince, there's like six teams in that league that have a shot to win a, win the conference championship, in my opinion. You've got Washington. You've got Oregon. You've got Utah. You've got USC as the four that everybody talks about, right? You know, But then there's Oregon State, who I'm not sleeping on. And then, you know, probably five maybe. So, so Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, USC, Utah. You know, maybe UCLA can sneak in there. I mean, they're just – but you know, but there's at least five teams that have a legitimate shot to win that championship. Maybe six. You know, does Arizona do some damage? And then there's other teams in the league that aren't going to win the title that are going to have an upset win or a big win. Washington State's going to beat someone that we don't think they're going to supposed to beat, and it's going to knock that team out of title contention. Arizona's going to do that to somebody this year. I promise you. So that that's just that's what I'm looking forward to, man. So it's not just Notre Dame. I just think this is going to be a really fun year of college football. I really do. And that's where a lot of my excitement comes sure. from as well. But for Notre Dame specifically, it's hard to not it's hard not to have the quarterback conversation be a big part of it, Vince. I mean, Notre Dame's got a kid who currently ranks in the top twenty all time in passing and, and passing and touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And everything we complained about last year, we're going to find out if we were right or not. Honestly, yeah. I mean, we've said the receivers are better than people think, and the offense should be better, and blah 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 blah. Well, we're going to find out if we're right or not. And I, sure. I kind of get excited about that because it's like, well, I want to know. And now. If we're wrong, we reevaluate where Notre Dame is. That's fine. That's okay. It's part of it. But I don't think we are. I don't. I you know, I, I think there's a lot of talent here. And I think you finally have a quarterback somebody will bring it out of people. Exactly. Speaking of quarterbacks. Robert Bishop, is Deuce Knight better now that CJ Carr was as, as a sophomore? They're very different, Vince. It, 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 okay, so if you're going to ask me who would I want as my starting quarterback as a sophomore, it's CJ. Because CJ was was very much ahead of where Deuce was from a fundamentals and reads and all the you know just this, the way he was coached. I mean, this is a kid that you know kind of grew up playing football. Uh, CJ was ahead at the same age. Deuce has more God given physical ability. Sure. Now, now that doesn't mean Deuce isn't smart and he can't read a defense. He just doesn't have that same experience and that same 
you know, background that CJ had that makes CJ such a fundamentally sound player. That's all. And that's, there's a lot of kids that aren't as where CJ was as sophomores from that standpoint. And then CJ took a jump physically as a junior. That's a big thing for me. CJ got stronger. His arm got stronger. He got more impactful as a junior. And I'm hoping he takes even another jump as a senior. But Deuce is the more physically gifted. He's taller. He's got a bigger frame. He's got a more powerful arm. He's a better runner, even though the gap in athleticism is what people think. That's probably the most underrated part of C.J. Carr is his athleticism as a quarterback. He is a very good athlete. He just doesn't run. Yeah. Like he's not a runner. He's a scrambler, not a runner. You're not going to be running a bunch of Q power with C.J. Carr and a bunch of right. power read with C.J. Carr. You can do some of that with Deuce, although I would not. I would still not do that with Deuce. That's just not – I'd rather have him sitting in the pocket than scrambling. That you know, but he can do that a little bit more effectively. So they're very different players, very different players. But uh, CJ has the higher floor. I put it in those way, Vince. CJ has the higher floor, Deuce has the higher ceiling. Deuce okay. might have the highest ceiling of any quarterback Notre Dame has signed since Jimmy Clausen. I mean, that's that's how talented he is, and uh, he just he's has some work to get there. That's sure. what it boils down to. Jason DeWilkins, what is with all the fascination over the apparel deal? I can't fathom why so many people as part of the IB Nation are so up in arms over Under Armour or Nike or Jumpman. Am I just old or what am I missing? No, I, I think it's it's you and I are both older, Jason, and we both realize there's a lot more important things in life to worry about than who Notre Dame's apparel Correct. deal is going to be with from a gear standpoint. To me, I care more about what does the choice say about you and your your character and that's really my big thing about nike is i if nike was didn't have the business practices they had i wouldn't care if they signed with nike i don't that's the only reason i dislike nike it's like people say you know why do you hate nike it's it's that right there it's because some things are more important to me than what the kids like you know we're the grown-ups we're supposed to be the leaders we're supposed to be the ones saying no it's not okay to just like cool shoes if you know that what they're doing is really morally reprehensible right so that's my issue with it. But if that wasn't the, if Nike just said, you know what, we're going to move all our factories to the United States and, uh, and, and, and we're going to only do this or only do that. I said, cool. All right, go buy me some Nike gear. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I got no issue with it. I mean, they charge enough for like, you think they'd be made from American workers as so much they charge for stuff, but you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. But a lot of it is Jason. It's just about being older. You and I are older. And we have different priorities where people are 21 really apparently care about whatever Nike do. And they think like, and it, what it is is like a lot of younger people, like some knucklehead on Twitter yesterday was like, you know, oh, it's a terrible, an terrible answer. Cause I said, I didn't like Nike. And I'm like, okay. So me not having the same opinion as you and not caring about a apparel deal as much as you do makes me dumb apparently. And oh, kids only care. When was the last time you heard a football player say I exactly. committed to a school because they're signed with Nike or Adidas exactly. or whoever else? When was the last time you actually heard that? Basketball, that's a real thing. In basketball, right. that is absolutely a real thing because of the sneaker deals and the different types. It's easier to do that with one player in basketball. It's just not the reality in football. Now, that doesn't mean kids don't like But here's the thing. Go watch Notre Dame players walking around campus. When they're not wearing their Notre Dame issued gear, they're wearing Nike stuff. They can still wear Nike stuff. You know, when they go out with friends, they can wear Nike all they want. It's just when they're at practice, they wear Under Armour stuff. Like, like nobody makes them – you can't you can't wear Nike anywhere. Like, Michael Jordan, when he was signed with Nike, 
couldn't wear like Reebok stuff. Remember when they did in the, the Dream Team, they had the American flag draped over his yeah. Reebok thing. Like, like kids don't care about that stuff. Nope. They like Nike gear, and guess what? They're going to use their NIL money to go buy Nike gear. Whoever exactly. Notre Dame signs with. So this notion that Notre Dame's not going to be able to get recruits because they're with Under Armour, I'm like, what's your evidence of that? Well, these Nike schools recruit very well. Are they recruiting well because they're Nike schools or because they're Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio exactly. State? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. And so, Come on. Um, there's also some Nike schools <clears throat> that can't recruit, you know, their way out of a wet paper bag. Right. So I just that stuff is just so. I mean, you you can pose in me. front of the uh, the basketball player that's yeah. on the the football locker room door right. in Michigan sure. all you sure. want, but that's not. I mean, it makes for a cool picture, right? Right. But that's not why a kid is choosing Michigan. Right. I'm sorry. It's just not. I, Especially since their name has consistently beat Michigan for top right. recruits in the last five, six years. So, Thank you. you know, and with their Under Armour stuff. So just now there's some 21 year old listening to this right now, losing his absolute mind that's that fine. we're saying this. That's fine. Right. And that's the whole point, Jason, is what Jason got to is it's that right there. It's that young people and, and Vince, we were this way when we were 18 to 21. This isn't a knock on, like, I can't stand, like, there are issues I have with the younger generation, but sometimes it's like every negative we put, we put on them is like, well, no, we were that way when we were 18 and 21. We cared about things looking back now, like, dude, I cannot believe that was the most oh, important in my life when I was I definitely cared about stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, stupid. Don't get me yeah, wrong. And gear was yeah. a lot more important. I, mean, I literally, when I was in college and high school, mainly because somebody else was buying my gear, my parents, I had a million hats. And they would match. I like. I had a hat to match every shirt that I wore. That's hilarious, right? Like that. That stuff mattered to me. Now, I, I can't tell you the last time I left my house not in IB gear, simply because it's the most convenient thing for me to wear, <laughs> and it's always clean because I have them for shows. I just don't care about that stuff anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And some twenty-one-year-old kid thinks that you know, uh, Justin Thurman's gonna flip to someone else because Notre Dame's not with Nike or. Some other kids not going to pick their name because they're not with Nike or whatever the case may be. It's just, it's overblown. It's it's unimportant and it's not. I, I've been doing this a long time, Vince. I've literally never once had a kid tell me he picked a school because of who what who their apparel deal was with. Exactly. Thank you. Never once. Basketball, I have. Basketball, I absolutely have. Never in football. So I I just think it's overplayed. I really do. Now, does that mean that I don't think there's things Under Armour need to do better? Of course I do, because it's oh, all sure. part of the branding of the Notre Dame program. Of course yeah. I do. But there's a lot more potential to be unique from a branding standpoint with Under Armour than there is with Nike. With Nike, you're just one of X, right? If Under Armour does it right, they can package Notre Dame correctly and, and really make this something to sell. They just don't do that yet. And that's something that Notre Dame needs to demand from them, in my opinion. But We'll see if that changes or not. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Jason. It's just the it's it's cool to have a different opinion. You can think Nike's an important thing sure. and all that. That's fine. It's the anger that some young people have about that Notre Dame sound under armor. Like right. you're really that mad about gear. Well, there, there's some anger out there, man. Yeah. Like so that it needs to be redirected. Cause yeah. like <laughs> if that's how angry you get about a decision that you had nothing to do with and doesn't affect right. you in <laughs> any way. Then man, right. you've got some other issues. That's right. all I'll say. Like, and I didn't hear the people on Twitter being mad when we were told where we could and couldn't go as a society and what we had to man. put into our bodies and what we, you know, no, no, no issues with that. But God forbid Notre Dame sign with Under Armour and these people are just irate. Boy, things got to change. 
literally, and I God love them, but someone on the board is like, there needs to be an investigation into this because Jack Swarbrick's son works yes. in Under Armour. I'm like, I'm like, oh first of all, the, the, there's a lot of things in our country that need to be investigated right now. That this ain't, ain't it. Nope. Notre Dame is free to sign with whoever they want for whatever reason they want. Now, is nepotism ever a good reason to do something? No. But here's the deal. They didn't turn down more money from Nike to sign with Jack's kid's company. Right. Jack's kid's company, as far as I've been told. Now, again, this isn't official. Notre Dame has not commented on this. But from what I have heard, Under Armour partly won this because they offered Notre Dame a lot more money than anybody yep. else did. It's the that's biggest apparel deal that's in called, the country. Yeah. That's called good business. Right. Now, there's things that I would do, but just some of the responses I see, I'm like, you're really worked up about the apparel deal. <sighs> Man. Now, I get worked up about the apparel deal for a different reason. It has nothing to do with the gear. It has to do with who's being forced to make the gear, <laughs> right? Because I kind of think those things are things we should care about as a society. But you'll brush that under the rug and get mad because the kids like Nike and it's just – it's. There's a lot of things we should be getting mad about in our country right now. Who, what apparel company Notre Dame goes with is not one of them. Man, it just doesn't so matter. I'm we just sorry. lost some customers for that. I'm that's, cool with it. You know what? That's okay. Cool with it. That is really okay. Just, like, it's I, not that big of a deal. Man. Brandon, what are some scenarios, in your opinion, that could cause Notre Dame to take two running backs in 2025? Does Dylan continue to recruit? Chroma, Anderson, et cetera. You kind of touched on this a little earlier. Yeah, a little bit. I, I think the big thing, Brandon, we talked about the guys that they would recruit. It would require there to be some departures from the current roster. So at least one transfer from the the younger class. So that would be the Jeremiah Love, the 23 and 24 class. You'd have to have at least one departure from that class, whether it be transfer, injury, something along those lines. And then like maybe a Jeremiah Love as a junior or as, let's say as a sophomore, Jeremiah Love just becomes like a thousand yard back. And say, so you know what? If he's already that good as a sophomore, he's not going to be around past three years. Right. We may need to look into bringing in a second back. Right. And so, uh, you know, and then you get a situation, let's say that that as in 2024, that Jadarian Price or, or Jabron Payne, one of the two, breaks out and is like 1,300 yard rusher. And then Jeremiah Love's playing really well. Well, guess what? In 2024, that guy's going to be a junior. If he breaks out with that kind of season, he's out. I mean, and should be, honestly. I mean, we've talked about this with running backs. You you, you have a sh very short shelf life. The minute you're ready for the NFL and the NFL has value in you, take it. Absolutely. Unless you just don't care about that kind of thing. you know. Right, so, right, right, right. Uh, it'd be that kind of thing combined with injuries. It, it's not just the guys are good and they leave for the NFL because you've got plenty of bodies that have to be injuries slash transfers also happening on top of that fence is where it would be for me. But you could also just decide this certain kid's just too good not to take. I mean, you, you could get to that point in time too, where it's like that kid's just too good not to take. Sure. That'd be more chroma than it would be Anderson for me at this point. What is that? D L K A L L O one. I'm just going to spell yeah. it out. Cause I'm not sure where that is. Okay. I was going to say DL call. Oh, one. It would have been okay. my best guess. That's fine. 24 class is almost wrapped up. Similar to a couple previous seasons, most coaches have had the chance to focus on the next class. How does that benefit the coach? And why hasn't that helped in the past? I, I don't what, I don't know if that means why it hasn't helped in the past. Because it has um, helped in the past. I think it has. Yeah, I, I, 
I think the reason that it, you haven't seen the boost is because there just were limitations to the previous coaching staff that were never going to allow them to get over a certain level. Right. I would argue if they didn't fill up sooner, that things would have been worse. I mean, that's the counter that I would have to that is, you know, again, we're sitting there talking about how we think this is a really talented learning football team. Well, that didn't get there by accident. Right. Right. But I would also say, if not for some transfers, I don't have the same excitement about this football team, too. I mean, so there's that counter to it is if if you didn't have Sam Hartman and Thomas Harper and Javante Jean-Baptiste, especially Sam Hartman, I don't know how I'd feel about this football team this year. I say there's a lot of really talented players, but I'd feel a lot about like I did last year's football team. Because if, if if you didn't go to the portal, you'd, you'd have Tyler Buckner as your quarterback. Correct. And I'd be like, and, and maybe even Drew Pine. And I'd say, you know, look, these are good players. I'd say exactly what we said last year. You know, you, you got a chance to do this, but there'd be always that but. But he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. Yeah. But he's got to prove he can do this, this, and this. Well, now that's a little bit answered. You know, so you look at it and say, the the, the roster's not com- complete, and that's something that has to get fixed, but that's also why I like the recruiting from the last couple of years since Marcus Williams has been that coach is way more balanced. Not yeah. the big numbers misses we saw from the past, but that was more of a coaching issue than it was – because like sometimes the other thing too is is sometimes they would wrap up too soon with kids, and this is the biggest difference. The current staff is wrapping up with better caliber early players than the previous staff did. They're not taking some of the guys that you're just like like remember the one year they took Elijah Taylor, Brandon Tiasman, Micah Treadway. And my response is I'm okay taking all three of those kids individually. I'm not okay with taking all three of those kids. Mm-hmm. As a unit, as a group, it's kind of like I'm okay taking a Tabor on Benny Powell. If you want to take a flyer on him, take a flyer on him. But he can't be the same. He the other two guys can't be the same guy. Sure, right. And that's what they did a lot, Vince. Is they took those flyers on kids, and you're like, you know, this kid's not going to pan out, right? Like you know that. You can convince yourself all you want this kid can play. He can't. He's just a number, and that's really all you're looking for. So that's the difference that I would say is. The, the, the thing where it helps now is just better players. Josh Buffalo, the motivational business banker. Is there a current commit in 25 or a possible commit that could be or is the biggest impact on Deuce's recruitment? Uh, I, not that it not that will happen. I mean, I don't, if Taylor Taylor went committed tomorrow, that might have an impact on Deuce, but I don't see that happening. I, I, I don't even know if Taylor Taylor has a leader right now, much less if he'd commit to Notre Dame. But, yeah, something like that would be an impact. I, I think, really, the biggest impact on Deuce's recruitment events is just going to be the relationship that Notre Dame has with him and sure. the vision that they have for him as a player. That's going to be the biggest thing. Because he's going to be one of the if, – if he commits to Notre Dame, he's still going to be one of the first in the 25 class. And I don't know that he's sitting back and waiting for a certain guy to commit or, you know, that kind of a thing. I mean, he's going to be a big part of building the 25 class. So – I would almost reverse it, and I would say the commitment of Deuce would be more of an impact yeah. on other 25 kids than the other way around. Yeah, you want sense. a quarterback that – that yes, Vince, I think you nailed it. You want a quarterback that doesn't need to be convinced by others. He, right. as far as other players – okay, you've laid out the vision for me. I've bought in. Now let me go lead others here is the way that I look at it. He needs to be the Pied Piper of a class. Yeah, I mean, so that's just yeah. that's just the nature of the position, right? I mean, and, and the nature of the position for – for guys is for quarterbacks is that they're leaders and they got mm-hmm. this is where they start their leadership right here. Yep. I mean, two two years before they even step foot on campus, this yep. is where they start their leadership, you know. 
Mr. 2.0, do you think JT sticks, Justin Thurman, that we just talk, spoke with, do you think he sticks if ND can't retain Dylan McCullough? If I remember that there's been talk of him going to the NFL eventually. Potentially. He's also said he wants to be a head football coach. I, right. I think the big thing for me, Vince, is that's why Notre Dame does such a good job of selling Notre Dame as well. I mean, we just talked to Justin Thurman by his own words. The first coach he talked about wasn't Dylan McCullough. It was Coach Freeman. Right. Now, Coach McCullough played a huge role in making this happen. But it's all pointed to the to the, to the boss. And the faith that, that like, if there was ever going to be a recruit leave because of his relationship with the assistant coach, it was C.J. Carr. I Good mean, C.J. Carr and Tommy Reese were very tight. Very tight. But Coach Reese did a really good job of selling not just himself and the relationship, but selling Notre Dame and the, the benefits that Notre Dame can have for, for CJ. And then, of course, you know, Coach Freeman got involved in it. And that's important. And that's why CJ saw it through. Hey, you know what? Coach Freeman's here. That change isn't happening. Notre Dame is still the school that Coach Reese told me it was. Sure. And from what I understand, Tommy Reese hasn't gone to Alabama and changed his. He, he he's a lot like he's not going to Alabama bad mouthing Notre Dame. Hey, remember right. all that stuff I told you when I was in Notre Dame? It was all bull crap, man. He hasn't done that. And so all the things he said to CJ about what make Notre Dame unique and special and all that are still there. And same thing with Coach McCullough. And so there's got to be a level of trust in Coach Freeman if you're Justin Thurman or Kedron Young or anybody else that if Coach McCullough gets the job that you and I hope he gets, which is a head coaching job because that's what he wants. And sure. you and I both believe he's He's um, I, I think we both believe I shouldn't speak for the two of us, actually. I'm sorry, Vince, because I don't know that we've talked about this. I think Dylan McCullough would be a very good head football coach. Sure. Yeah. I think he's very disciplined. I would like for him to be a little bit more personable, outwardly personable around the media. But the kids, he's that he that's the kids love him. You know, he's he's an older guy. He can relate to the young people in a way that you want a head coach to relate to them, which is I'm not your friend. I'm your coach. Yeah. But I love you and I respect you and I'm going to treat you like a son. Right. That's what they need. They need a father figure, not a big brother. And 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 uh, I think that's important. I think you do well. I think he's been around some good head coaches. He can understand structure and all that kind of stuff, and it's what he wants to do, and I think he's earned it and deserves it. So we'll see if he gets it. So that would be great for Coach McCullough, and I would support that. Then there's got to be some trust that Coach Freeman is going to go out and make a replacement hire of someone that can do just as good of a job. And I think he will. So I'm not I'm – not, super concerned about it from that regard because i don't think he's committing their name just for dealing mccullough sure exactly and there there it is so that's that's what i was going to say based on the conversation look i i point out I, I i directly asked him you know about his relationship with the coaches and he gave a great answer about his relationship with mccullough and freeman and and chad bowden and whatever right but the rest of the interview was all about how Notre Dame can set him up for what he wants to do moving forward and how he fits in the offense and how he does this and how he does that and it wasn't just the relationship with the coaches it was Notre Dame and he just does not strike me as the type of kid that is going to be willy-nilly changing his decision because his position coach is leaving I just I think he's got a faith in Notre Dame that they're going to bring in somebody that was going to coach him up and and coach him the way he wants to be coached and all of those different things and so not once did I get a vibe to where I, you know, speaking with him, I was like, oh boy, if McCullough leaves, you know, Notre Dame is going to be in trouble. Like he sounded to me, or at least he said all the right things that he's committing to Notre Dame. He's not committing to Dylan McCullough. Agree. 
not to the that degree where it would just immediately make him right. Like, right. like that's the, that's the only reason that he's coming to Notre right. Dame doesn't Cause, matter because we're not trying to di- we're not trying to downplay the role no. McCall had. No, it's just when you do the job the right way, you're not just selling me 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 me. Exactly, the relationship is important, but you're selling the institution, the program, and Marcus Freeman's vision. And if you're not selling Marcus Freeman as as an assistant coach, you're not doing it right. In my opinion, right. doesn't mean that your relationship's not important either, but you always got to sell the boss. Right. From Brandon Plinsner, do you think the staff will prioritize and push for Cooper Perry? I can't understand why they wouldn't because he's excellent. I tend to agree with you, Brandon. I, I don't think that it's that they're <clears> not <throat> pushing for him just yet. I think they're still trying to determine who they definitely want to push for. I'm very confident in saying they want Taylor Taylor. I'm very confident in saying they want Derek Meadows. After that, it's a lot of really good players that they like, and I think they're trying to figure out, you know, who that's going to be and who who we who's the best fit for what we want and what we need. So, it's not that I don't think they're not. I don't think they're not prioritizing him. I think they do like him. I don't think they're pushing for a lot of receivers right now outside of Taylor Taylor and Derek Meadows. I, I really don't. And uh, I think it depends on okay well, do, do you get those two guys do you get one of those two guys and then that's going to help kind of determine well what are our remaining needs of receiver in this class and i think that's kind of a part of it but i, I do think they like cooper perry quite a bit i just don't think they're in a position yet where they're ready to really push for a lot of guys i think they're still working through the board because it is like i said it is early you know it, i'm okay if you're really sold on the kid taking them but i'm also okay if you want to say hey i want to see some junior film of these kids first i'm okay with that too right Right. We have a question kind of about that we'll get to here in a little bit too, Vince. Okay. From T-Guns, I thought big-time running backs didn't want to come to Notre Dame with all this pesky academic standards and ugly girls and terrible weather 13 months out of the year. Oh, and because they don't wear Nike. <laughs> it is funny, man. Like, just all the reasons that people come up with. But that was the funny thing is, this is why I get so annoyed with some Notre Dame fans. And it's, it's true at every fan base. But you got sure. those people who just refuse to admit – that the problem is us, you know, like as a, as a school. And it was that way when, when Autry Denson was here. And there's just this very, there's a group of very vocal Notre Dame fans who just would get so pissed at me when I would criticize the job he was doing. And I, I mean, I get it. He's a, a alum and all that, but I don't care. That's my job. Isn't to, to protect you because you're an alum. My job is to give you an honest assessment of the job you're doing and then when we would kind of have engagements with him and from a recruiting standpoint, you're just like, this guy just does not care about recruiting. He doesn't like to do it. You know, we, we had this one kid and, and I'm all for, I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe very much in the, the word of God, but like this one kid was like, I've never really talked to him. He only just sends me like Bible verses every day. Mm-hmm. Well, those Bible verses mean nothing if there's no relationship behind. Right. Exactly. Them. And, and, and it just didn't put in the work. And so of course, running back recruiting struggles they decide to not take AJ Dillon instead take CJ Holmes. And it's just like, really? And the, the response was always, well, you know, big time running backs just don't want to come to Notre Dame. I'm like, so was like Tony Alford, just some like grand wit, like this wonder, like this powerful wizard, like, you know, Merlin wizard. of our current Aaron, just like put voodoo on kids. That, so he made Josh Adams and Torin Folston and Greg Bryant and Dexter Williams and, you know, all the uh, Sierra Wood and Theo Riddick. And remember Cam Roberson? He was a top 200 back before his injury. So he was able to do that. But all of a sudden, like that, the minute he left, top backs didn't want to come to Notre Dame anymore. 
Right. How about we stop making excuses for people and be willing to call someone out for when they're not doing the job? And then immediately when he's hired, the first recruiting class after after uh, not hired, the first recruiting class after Autry Denson got a job somewhere else, uh, they go get Chris Tyree. He's the head coach, Brian. And then follow that up. Yeah. Follow that up. Just like Everett Withers definitely wanted to leave Ohio State for James Madison. Right. Um just and then the year after they get Chris Tyree, they get Audric Estime and Logan Diggs, and then the next year they get Jaden. I mean, so just magically, running backs decided as a group they wanted to play at, at Notre Dame again, just just like that, right? Just that you know, nationally, they all decide, hey, Notre Dame's back on the table, everybody, right? right. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, they've always wanted to be there. It's just like receivers. Well, you know, it's hard to you know recruit receivers in Notre Dame. You know, it's it's hard for me to get you know really talented receivers to come here because academics. I've been told that before. So Chancey Stuckey doesn't have to care about that anymore. Or were those kids always willing to come here and you just weren't willing to do the work. And it's that way over all the, there are some positions where it is harder to recruit in Notre Dame. There's no question about it. And and as good of a job as Mike Mickens is doing, he's not getting elite five-star kids. He's finding talent that isn't ranked that high. They don't have the same attitude. So you've got to do that. So it just was hilarious when you'd hear that stuff, man. It's just like, no, the problem isn't Notre Dame. The problem is you. That's the reality of it. The problem is you. And the running back one was always hilarious to me, Vince. Just get tired of excuses, man. That's what yeah. I get sick of. You know, I Absolutely. just get tired of excuses. And these are some classics right here. Yeah. These are some classic excuses. Andrew Burke, Brian, as a former coach, if you were the head coach at Notre Dame, how would you structure practice based on what you've seen what would you change about Notre Dame's current practice habits? Andrew, it's really impossible for me to have an answer to that because we've only seen one full practice, and it was right. the first day of fall camp. I, I didn't have a pro- – I mean, they cut first day a little short. Because the heat, okay, I think. Right? Or whatever. But I've, we've seen the first five periods, and I don't have a problem with it. I'd say the only thing I would maybe, if I had to be critical of something, Vince, I – sometimes there's a little bit too much like standing around during the first five periods at times in certain position groups. But even then that's me looking for something to be critical of. Sure. It's just impossible to, to only see five periods, which are mostly warm up an individual and have an opinion on how they go about practice. Yeah. And that's, you know, from a, from a reporter standpoint, I would love if they push special teams past the the first five periods, uh, but at the same time, like I get it. I mean, they do the same thing every time. So it's not like it's any different. And I practice the way practice has been put together from what I can tell from the way it used to be mm-hmm. put together. I like it better. I will say yeah. that. I do think it's a little bit more up tempo. I think they get to things, you know, a little quicker and a little bit more high energy. I like a little bit more competition. I think they do that. So, I mean, I think it's moving in the right direction from where it was. Uh, But you know what? Practice is a nuanced thing, man. And it's all about what you want to get accomplished and how you want to accomplish it and all of those different things. So it's I like the way it's at right now. But, you know, there's always room for improvement. How about that? Absolutely. Mark. Avalone. Uh, Let's see. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt this real quick. I'm sorry, Vince. But every time Mark says a question, I immediately kind of chuckle because I think of that scene from um, Don't Mess with Zohan or the Zoh, you know, with Adam Sandler. I know the movie you're and talking remember about. Remember the, the one hairstyle, the Avalon that was the one hairstyle of the. <laughs> Definitely don't remember that. 
So I'm sorry, Mark. But if you ever see me smirk or smile when your questions are being answered, That's it's why. not you, man. It's just I think of that stupid movie with Adam Sandler. Because wow. he's got a lot of stupid movies, but they're just like stupid funny. I mean but that in a, in, a, in a good way. Like I'm like, not stupid meant to way. be right. anything else but stupid right. funny. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And so I mean it in a good way, I guess. Right. I should it just it's really just silly, but they're funny. And yeah. that was an example of one. Which is really inappropriate in some ways, but just silly and funny. But I'm sorry, Mark. I, I digress. Let's get back on track. With good assistant coaches usually being in demand and changing jobs, teams, how do recruits who establish close relationships approach the fact that the great coach will be gone before they arrive or graduate? Don't make a decision because of the assistant coach. Exactly. I mean, that's really that's really it. And that's kind of and, and Mark asked this question before we answered the other question. OK, because we kind of already answered a little bit. In that you you sell other things, you sell the head coach, you sell the vision, you sell you sell the school, what the academic. There the, you go, the right. environment, right? You know, we've gone on a couple college visits, for example, for my kid, and it's not about the coaches. And these guys do a good job of of selling what there is mm -hmm. to sell, right? And um, a couple of the coaches that we've sat down with have been like, "Look, I don't care about you as an athlete right now." He's like, "I just want to get to know you. I want to I want to get to know like what." do you want out of college? Like, do you want a small college? Do you want a big college? Do you want, you know, do we have the major that you want? Like they, mm -hmm. they want to know those things. And then they sell those things when they're giving you a tour or whatever. And that's why you pick a school. You don't pick a school based on the coach. And I realize right. that's easier said than done because you're developing a relationship with that coach. I get that. But at the end of the day, the school is going to be there long-term right. and in the coaching world, that's just not the case. I mean, the reality of the person who recruited you being there from the time they started recruiting you until you graduate, that number's got to be slim, man. Right. I mean, sometimes it happens, but more but, but often An O-line coach is one position where you might actually see that. Sure. But yeah, to your point, Vince, you just don't see that a ton. Right, right. You really don't. Somebody said, isn't that Zoolander? No, it wasn't Zoolander. It was like the Zohan yeah. or I can't remember. Yeah, what the name it was, of the it was don't mess with the was. Zohan or something like that. Yeah, it was something Adam like that. Sandler. Yeah, but the the Avalon was the the hairstyle that from the eighties that was in the Paul Mitchell book. <laughs> it was I can't remember. I can't believe I actually remember that. I'm kind of embarrassed. I can't, I believe I can't remember that either. But it's a really funny movie. I think it is. Chris P. Bacon, do you have any inclination about whether twenty five will rank better when it's all said and done than twenty four? Or not? Why or why not? And then I believe he said after that was also uh, he meant to say twenty three. So I'm not. Sure Do I think is. that twenty five will rank better than twenty three? Yeah, I think that was. I think he gotcha. clarified a couple. Gotcha. Chats later, I remember this. Just one. wanted to be sure what well, we were on the same page yeah. there. Um, I don't so know. Early in the twenty five yeah, class, I, I don't know. Yeah, they got so, three kids committed now, right? So I. I does it have a chance to be? Yeah, it's got a chance to be. First of all, I think, and, and I don't know, Chris, I don't know the specific manner in which you're asking this question. Like, do you, are you asking it from like in the recruiting national rankings or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Don't care. If you're asking me from the standpoint of, of my personal rankings, I think the 25 class has a chance to be better than the, has a chance to be better than the 23 class and certainly the 24 class from where my ranking is. But until they get a quarterback in the class, it's going to hard, be hard for me to really say for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, and the reason I say that is because the depth of the class is outstanding. 
And so that matters, Vince, because like in 23, Notre Dame could miss out on their top few quarterback options and still land a kid like Kenny Minchie. Right, exactly. That happened in 24. If they'd have missed on C.J. Carr in 24, the drop-off after the first five, six, seven is pretty stark, in sure. my opinion. Where, you know, Kenny Minchie, some people had like around the 14th, 15th quarterback, and you're like, that's a really good quarterback, you know? Uh, and that it's like that a lot of positions. It really is, Vince. There's a lot of positions on this football team or in this class nationally right now that you look at and say, "Boy, you could miss on, you could miss on this guy, this guy, and this guy, and still get a really good football player." But uh, yeah, it's got a chance to be there. I just okay, it's too early, and there's still some coaches that have to prove themselves and different aspects of it that that I need to see. But it's got a chance, much more so than 24 did. 24 had a chance to, to be better than 23, but they would have had to hit the inside straight, basically. And early on, it looked like they just might do that. But it, that's why it's kind of I'm trying to pump the brakes a little bit on it, just because so much is so much is going to happen. Right. And exactly. how, how will the season impact that class? I mean, these kids aren't going to sign for two and a half years. It's crazy. It's a long time between yeah, now really and signing crazy. day for the 25 class, yeah, it's Brian. It's really crazy. It really is. <laughs> it really is. So, man, you know, let's get to the next one because I'm long time. Yeah, I know, right? Mr. 2.0, who are three, give or take, 24 kids that Notre Dame could suddenly be in on more seriously if they had a 12-0 season? I'm guessing one is Carter Nelson. Maybe. I, honestly, if you have a, if you get a second tight end committed to you in 25, I'd okay, Carter, you, you wanted to go to Nebraska, go to Nebraska. And right, I don't say that exactly. in a negative way. Just be like, hey, man, that's where you wanted to go. It's all good. Go do it. You know, Justin Scott, sure. Caleb Beasley. Caleb Beasley. Um, maybe a receiver. Maybe. But honestly, guys, like there's not a lot. Right. Because because and here's here's where it comes down to, Vince. You have to understand that Notre Dame doesn't view some of these commits the way that you all do. Meaning, like, they don't think they need to get back in with some other defensive ends. They liked Elijah rushing a lot, but they were completely fine passing on McKelty Williams once they got Logan Thomas. Right. Because they like him better. So they're not going to get back in on guys. They like Micah Gilbert a lot more than some of you do. They like Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams a lot better than some of you do. They like Sean Sivillano better than some of us do, including myself. They like Bodie Cahoon better than some of us do. So... Nick, there's a lot of positions where say, you know, I think they're okay there. Now maybe there's a safety out there that they could get in on if they have a better year. That'd be a position where I would be very curious of. I don't know who that would be because a lot of the top right. safeties that they wanted weren't all that. I mean, Dewan Lane showed very little interest in Notre Dame. Taylor McClain did early and then just kind of just fell out with them. So I, I don't know who that would be, but safety would be the only non-obvious position where I would, I would kind of have that opinion, Vince. Makes sense. I mean, there's just not a lot of room left in the class. I mean, if I mean, there's yeah. guys that would be an obvious take, but obvious, but right. yeah, that's kind of sailed away that ship. All right, Andrew Gilmore. Who does Rudolph need to keep happy if that person doesn't start? A lot of talented backups. I don't want them to pull a Jacob Lacey and leave before game four. If I got to convince you not to quit on your team after four games, then I don't want you on my team. Exactly. I mean, seriously. Uh. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't need to go a whole lot deeper into that. There's, there, Yes, you want to make sure your kids understand they're valued. You want to make sure that you've laid out the future 
I'm a big fan of once you kind of establish your depth chart, you sit down and, and you're going to have kids go on scout team. I, I'm a believer. You sit down with them, you tell them this is what the expectations are. You don't just forget about them for a whole year like Notre Dame's right. coaches have had to, a bad habit of doing in the past. Right. But I'm not playing a kid who I don't think can help me beat Ohio, NC State just because I don't want him to leave. Like Jacob Lacey didn't play a lot against North Carolina because they felt they didn't feel his style of play gave them a chance to win that game. I don't agree with it, but it wasn't a personal thing. And if they didn't think he could help them win, they shouldn't have played him more to keep him there. It, they they weren't willing to promise him a starting job next year like he wanted. They weren't willing to redshirt him because here's the thing: Jacob Lacey was a key part of the Notre Dame defensive line rotation. No doubt. So it's not like he was sitting on the bench doing nothing. He was coming. He was a game off of a two sack game. He wanted to be the guy. He wanted to play a lot more than he already was. And and I don't say this as an ill will towards Jay. I mean, whatever. He's got to do what's best for him. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But if I gotta if I gotta do special things to make you not leave to keep you happy, then right. leave. That's the best. That's Again, the best I'm not saying right you forget about kids or ignore kids. I mean, you, you coach should, them up. coaches always do that. You always coach them up. Yeah, you make them feel valued. But I'm not going out of my way to play a kid on the offensive line that I don't think can help me win just because I don't want him to leave after four games. If he's that if he's that close to not wanting to be here, then maybe he should go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And you use that scholarship in the 25 class or something right. like that. Because well, sometimes really wants to be here. Sometimes addition by subtraction is not a bad thing. And, and that's nothing against Jacob Lacey as a person. That's not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is that if he doesn't want to be there, you're better off if he's not there. And I, I've had to to not have kids on my team for that exact reason. Look, athletically, they make us better. But if they don't want to be there, and or if they're, again, this isn't about Jacob. This is in the general sense. If they're not fitting into what I want as a team and they don't want to be there, then it's okay to part ways, you know? And But it's also my job as the coach to make sure that my entire roster is being coached at all times. I mean, that that's my job. That's why I'm Correct. getting paid the big bucks, right? Correct. So, um, yeah, so that that's that's how I feel about that whole thing. I mean, it's, you know, him sticking around just to stick around isn't worth it. Go go do something Agreed. else, man. That's fine. Agreed. Do now, it. if a kid leaves early because I'm not engaging with him or not teaching him or not coaching him like we saw at receiver, that's a coaching problem. Right. But if I got to kind of go out of my way to play a kid so he doesn't leave, then, you know, best of luck to you, bro. Yeah, right. Exactly.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.